It's podcast number four. And Happy New Year to everybody who's listening. We have just entered 2024. Hey. Which, if you're listening in the future, is now the past. Well, everybody who's listening is in the future. Okay. Fair <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, moving on. Um, but this time, we are with the wonderful, incredible, the insanely talented... Maddie Morris. Yeah, we've seen Maddie several times now. We've always been impressed with her. Yeah, her vocals are astonishing. Um, her songwriting is absolutely beautiful. And she's one of the most joyful people I think yeah. I've ever met. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, really, uh, it was a lovely chat. Um, and yeah, here we go, straight to the podcast. She touches a sweet tender face All alone and lonely Wishes she just take his place down by the greenwood side but her herself just a kid all alone and lonely afraid the light she'd give down by the greenwood side hello maddie hello maddie Hello. Hi. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us on Show Folk Number Four podcast. Very exciting. You have to first big Show Folk for twenty twenty four, which it we're is. over the moon about. Very very excited. Yeah. I'm very very excited as well. <laughs> You've had an amazing few years. Yeah. We were just doing our little bit of research, and it's just escalating, escalating, escalating. So yeah, how was twenty twenty three for you? I mean, there just seemed to be so many things you were doing. Yeah, twenty twenty three was busy. Um, and and just great. I think there was loads of things that I think because I recorded my album in 2023. It was a year where I was like, oh, okay, this is actually, this is actually it now. Like I'm, I'm very solid and this is going to be my job, I think. Um, whereas before, you know, you've always got that like, oh, you know, and I might do other things. Um, just, you know. Uh, so yeah, I think 2023 and also doing the English folk mentor program with George and Heather and Hannah was just like such an affirming thing for me to like, I just feel like I learned so much and it was like, um, I felt like I I had the door opened into a whole world of the music industry that I'd always like covered my eyes and my ears about. So it was, it's been really good. I really enjoyed it. How did you get involved with the Fake Expo? I, I just applied on the internet. Fair enough. Oh, um, <laughs> I just, <laughs> just remember seeing it and being like, and I'd seen it before. I've always been like, oh, no, let's not. And then I thought, oh, no, I'll just apply for it. And actually, it was a really, uh, like I said, I I was I was toying up whether or not I was going to keep uh, slogging on with being a musician or if I was going to go and study a master's in music therapy. And I applied for both things on the same day. And I thought, if I get into the Folk Expo programme, it's a sign that this is this is definitely still worth it. And I did. And I was I was absolutely over the moon. So, yeah, really cool. And that's phenomenal. And you got to play some wonderful stages as part of that as well. You got to play at Cambridge Folk Festival and the Focus Wales. Which is where we first saw you. I we think. first saw you at Focus Wales, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was great. It was just, oh, it was so cool. It was the first time I played in Wales as well, which was really cool. So we looked at that and we thought, well, you played some big stages in 2023. And then we noticed, hang 2022. on. 2022. You played Crop Ready, <laughs> the Fairfield Convention Festival in 2022. How did that happen? Oh, uh, that was unreal. That honestly like to this day probably one of the coolest days of my life it was just unbelievable like so because I, I won the so I won the Young Folk Award in 2019 and part of what you win is that that year the idea is that you get to play Cambridge, Cropredy and Towersy Folk Festivals um, 
And then COVID happened. So it didn't actually happen in 2000, till 2022. And like with all, like, it was so kind of them to honour it because they didn't have to. Um, and and it, was, it was just unreal. Like I've always been someone who gets a bit nervous before I play. And it was almost weird because I didn't feel nervous because it almost felt like there were so many people that there was no one. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. was just like... It was so cool. It was honestly one of the, like, it was just amazing. Yeah, so much fun. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of people. I mean, just looking, standing on stage and looking at, what, about 10,000 people or something? You know what I mean? It's like... <laughs> it's unreal. And I'd never been to Cropfordy as an audience member. Because um, I never actually went to festivals growing up. It was like, when I became a musician, I was like, oh, this is amazing, because you get a ticket. So it's like, oh, I'm going to go to all these really cool festivals. But I, I couldn't imagine. I'd been told by loads of people, well, it's like 10,000 people, 20,000 people, and I... I I just couldn't imagine what that was until I was there. And I just remember like parking my car up and being like, oh, this is actually, this is going to be quite scary. It was so good. <laughs> and it was so, everyone was so friendly and like kind and like, it was just, it was amazing. It was so good. Wonderful. It's, and it's got such a great feel, Crap, really. So we've yeah. only been, we've, in fact, I think that's the year we went. It is the year we were. We were there. We were there. Were but we, we only went for the one day. So we... Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. You must have so missed it. We, um, we went... Because uh, my, my dad's always been a huge fan. So we, we managed to arrange it. But, yeah. Um, we took my dad and your dad came from Ireland. Yeah. And we just had one evening, really, we just where we just got to go down and, and see Fairport Convention before there. And it was fantastic. Yeah. But it, I hadn't realised how big it was till I got there. Yeah. It's really cool now, like, however long after the festival... Like, I feel like I see so many, like, so much of my audience are crop ready people. And, like, it's really cool. Like, what a... It just was, like, as a as a sort of early career musician, like, how career-changing it was. It was just unbelievable. Because, like... And I still, yeah, I still see so many gigs. People who are like, oh, and I saw you at crop ready. And it's, like, it's just amazing. So It's, like, so cool. So we're actually bringing Fairport Convention to Bridge North. Yeah. In, in... Ma- yeah, it. in March. That is so cool. <laughs> so, yeah, we're bringing them over here on the 6th of March. Um, just, you know, Bridge North has got, um, it's got a history of folk music, but then it stopped for a while because it moved out of town. And so we're trying to reignite yeah. that. The Shrewsbury Folk back. Festival started as the Bridge North Folk Festival. But when it got too big, it moved, to it moved out. But, of yeah. course, the audience stayed. We still, everyone still lives here. Yeah. But... Um, but we lost the festival. So um, a lot of what we're doing is just kind of respond to that and fill that gap. That is so cool. That'll be such a good gig. Yeah. yeah they're lovely people. Great team. Yeah, nice bunch. And so you did, along with the, in the English Folk Expo, obviously you did your shows, the, the big shows. Yeah. But you had some like training days. It was like a really well-rounded package, wasn't it? So what other things did you get to do as part of that? Yes, yeah, so we had like training days in Manchester and like... Um, we also just had like lots of in like hands on like you are now in this room full of industry people like chat to them um, moments and then we also <laughs> and go. yeah and just and it was like sometimes felt a little bit like a trail by fire but in the best way um, and uh, we also had mentoring and I was mentored by um, Heidi and Belinda um, from Ohuli and Tido um, and. Uh, they were just so cool. Um, and it was really like, such like an affirming thing to work with like um, the two of them and to learn from them. And like, yeah, it was just, it was it was so cool and really like exciting for me, I think, because um, 
as like a queer person, as a neurodivergent person, you don't always see so much of yourself in the industry. And um, Heidi and Belinda had always been people that I had looked up to. And so then to get to chat to them and um, be mentored by them was like, it was just unreal. It was like one of the coolest things ever. Amazing. That is so cool. They do seem to match up really well, don't yeah. they? There's, there's been a lot of thought put into who's chosen to be the mentor and how that works with the mentee. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the relationship, yeah. Yeah, yeah so good, yeah. <laughs> like, really well thought through. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, we've recently noticed on your socials a picture of you and Mark Radcliffe. Yes. How did that go, man? <laughs> That's yeah. kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, I did a, a live session uh, on the folk show. Uh, I can't remember when. It was in 2023. Um, and that was, again, another thing which was like, when you win the Young Folk Award, it's one of the things you win, and then it just kept getting put off because of COVID and stuff. And that was so cool. That was just unreal. Like, it was just really fun. And I I, um, uh, I sang some songs from my EP uh, Upstream. Um, and it was really cool because I had Bryony Griffith um, on the fiddle, uh, who is was one of my tutors. I studied folk music at uni. Um, and she was one of my tutors. And it was just like a very cool, like, yeah. I just felt very, very excited. I feel like I've said that a lot in this interview. That's cool. It was a big, yeah. We hope it was a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> the whole yeah, it just seems to be like. Yeah. Uh, and then. Um, how, did it, how did it feel with doing the sessions? Because when you do the sessions, it's like a closed room, isn't it? So you're not responding to an audience. Very different to Crop Ready. The complete opposite <laughs> of Crop Ready. <laughs> yeah. It was so. And also, like, I didn't realise that Mark was going to be. He's in a different room. So it's just you and. Yeah, and your band. Yeah. Uh, so I had Bryony and Pete Ord, who is, um, he produced um, the album that's coming out in Feb. Um, he's great and he's a guitar player. So it was just the two of them. And then uh, Mark was in a different room. Um, and then my partner, Aoife, was like sat outside so I could see her through the door. And it was just really weird. It was like, it was very bizarre because I knew that there were so many people listening. I think that's what was really, I couldn't quite get my head around. Um but also, like, the buzz of it was just, like... Because you can hear the radio, like, when you're waiting to go into the room, you can hear, and every... It was just so, like... Yeah, it was unreal. It was really fun. <laughs> so we we went on to... Um, Genevieve, the Genevieve Tudor, Tudor Show. At the on the folk show in September to, to talk about the shy folk and the tour and everything. Oh, amazing. And remember off air, we were talking about you, and she's, like, she'd recorded sessions with you, and, yeah, and so she was just saying how great you were. So you've done quite a few different, like, BBC session-y things then over the yeah. year. And... Yeah, I've been very lucky, very lucky workplace, right time kind of situations, but it's always so fun, and people are always so nice. Um, I feel like I'm constantly, I, I don't know, I'm constantly impressed by how nice everyone in the industry is. Um, yeah yeah it's just really special isn't it and I think part of that is the folk scene I think the folk scene is a particularly kind and generous bunch Um, I think everyone's quite open and they're open to new sounds and new experiences and yeah it just feels much more welcoming from that point of view but yeah the moment we mentioned your name to Genevieve it was just just, just, she She was down looking at all her notes and all of a sudden it was like oh yes now I've seen it (laughs) yeah yeah oh Oh, that's so cool (laughs) That is so yeah, cool. we got retention at that point, yeah. which is nice. <laughs> I mean, it was been such a big year that 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 this year is even bigger. I mean, you've just got new management, and yeah, yeah, and you got an album coming out. You've got a full on tour. Talk to us a bit about what you've got lined up for twenty twenty four. Yeah, twenty twenty four is a big one. Um, I, uh, I yeah, I have a, a tour, a massive tour. Uh, in... It's twenty one dates at the moment, isn't it? It is twenty one dates. Yeah, and you know. 
when you're booking something so I just got a new booking agent who's wonderful um and I, I kind of um when I was booking the tour it's like oh yeah and I'll do this and I'll do this and I'll do this and then you look and you're like oh this has become a very long list um I'm so excited I don't think I'll like sleep probably for the two months but um, <laughs> I feel like I've been working up to it you know uh so yeah no, I'm, I'm on this on this tour and I'm, I'm going all across England and playing in some really cool cool places including uh you guys in your very cool venues yeah, yeah. it's opening the tour as well it's my first three gigs the first three days oh, yeah. which is so exciting I feel like that's such a nice it'll be such a nice way to start it um, and yeah and I've got um, Skin which is my first it's like my first my debut album um, coming out uh, on the 23rd of February um, I said very confidently um, <laughs> and uh, and that's it's been like yeah it's been really fun to record that and it's been a uh, a massive project that I feel like I've been working on for so long it's just very exciting to finally get it out there. And you're going to new places that you haven't played before on this tour. Well, I mean, have you played much in the Shires? Because you're doing shows here in Hereford um, and in Ludlow and in Bridge North. Have you done many shows around this part of the world before? Not a lot. I think I've played in Hereford once at a conference. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh. In a really pretty manor house, I want to say. Does okay. That okay. Sound... So not the leisure centre. So that's at least no. a bonus there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think so, at least. Okay. Maybe it wasn't Hereford. I'm very dyspraxic and dyslexic, so my geography isn't always the best. Um, but I do think it will be my first time. And I also have a, a connection with Shrewsbury Folk Festival. Okay. Um, which was that before uh, before the folk awards, I applied for the Alan, Alan Surtees Trust Fund and got some funding um, for like recording kits, which I'm actually using now. Isn't that funny? Hey. Um, it's the circle of life. So, which is really cool, and and that was like one of the first like real folk industry things I ever got or did, and so it was like every time anyone was like Shrewsbury Folk Festival, I'd be like, yeah, well, guess what? This is cool. Um, so that was really fun. So yeah, kind of that connection there. Brilliant. And are you going to any other places in the country? Are you just discovering for the first time on your tour? Loads of places um, that I have not been to before. Uh, well, that's exciting because it's a new. It's not just a show adventure. Yeah, it's it's a adventure. discovering new towns yeah. and people. And yeah. I think as well, like I feel like um, I want to talk about being like a musician. There's loads of singing in coffee shops and doing emails, which I love. Like I honestly, I, I can't say to people, I just feel like I'm living the dream. Um, but just like driving around in my little car and like listening to music and then turning up and meeting nice people. And then going the next day and driving around, my car. like, it is the coolest job in the world. I just don't, I can't imagine doing anything that is more fun than that. Um, so I'm so excited. I think it's going to be great. Anyways, and also you look like you're having a lot of fun on your photo shoots. Yeah, was that a first for you to, oh, to kind of put yourself out there in that kind of full on shoot? Yeah, I hate yeah. it. I really hate having my photo <laughs> taken. No, honestly, it's my, it's my, like one of my biggest just it's not me at all I can I can just about deal with having my photo taken when I'm playing an instrument but like the whole thing of like dressing up it feels very like um feels very high school um <laughs> but uh but I worked with um Casey Orr who is this like wonderful human um and we went up it was actually it's a, the the album cover was a car park it's just a car park in Leeds up, above the market and um yeah, we just did it in an afternoon and it's really weird looking back at the photos now because like 
it's like, oh, that's really cool. The photos are fantastic. They yeah, are they really just look nice. really relaxed and yeah, she's, she's caught you really well. Yeah, yeah well, it, I wasn't relaxed at all. I was very stressed. We also <laughs> bought pigeon food. We spent the whole day trying to get pigeons. I have a real thing about like pigeons and rats because I live in the city. I just find them really fun. Um, and we spent the whole day with like pigeon food trying to get the pigeons to come and sit with us. Um, which they didn't. But there is a nice picture of the pigeons along the wall, which was as close as they got to us, that's actually in the album sleeve notes. Maybe they were camera shy too. I think they were, yeah. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Where's my royalties? If you want me on an album cover. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Like, we need more than just pigeon feed. We need something a little bit more standard. Urban pigeons are very on it now. (laughs) Yeah. And... Did you ever make it to the guinea pig sanctuary? No, I didn't. The guinea pig sanctuary is still... In fact, yeah, I'm raging about it. Um, So for context, uh, the guinea pig sanctuary is a joke that... Well, it's not a joke, actually. So I'm awful at getting people to sign up to my mailing list. So I started um, saying to my partner, Aoife, who does, like, she tours with me and she's great. I was like, please, can you remind me to ask people to sign up to my mailing list? She was going to take me to a guinea pig sanctuary if I got, I think it was 150 mailing list subscribers. Yeah. Anyway, the guinea pig sanctuary shut. Oh, no. Which I was gutted about. What happened to the um, guinea pigs? I don't know. Well, I don't think they're shut, shut, but they're shut for, like, having people in. Right. Um, so, I would just probably best for the guinea pigs. Guinea pigs are quite shy. Right. Yeah. Um, but my hope is, with this tour, I haven't actually hatched this plan yet to Ether, <laughs> but I'm working on it. Ether, if you're listening to this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> By the way. Um... We're going to be going across the whole country in the tour. Yeah. And there's going to be days off. Yeah. So there's got to be at least one guinea pig sanctuary in England. It's got to be. Through. There's got to be. You know, for the guinea pigs. Um, so it will happen. It will definitely happen. <laughs> you want to tour we'll of the guinea, the guinea pig sanctuaries of the UK? <laughs> I want to... Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe, yeah, whilst I'm going to the venues in between, I'll go to all the guinea pig sanctuaries. There you go. Yeah. That would be the dream. Yeah, you could literally hop from one to the next. Yeah. <laughs> well, there'll be a bunny sanctuary that's no, uh, popping. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you're very active working across different charities um, within the LGBTQ plus um, kind of communities yeah. and areas. How did you get involved in that? Is that something where you worked with the charities originally or did you kind of just get, did you just see kind of workshops happening and get involved? What's Yeah. So it kind of happened organically. I started off by sort of singing songs about queerness and stuff and talking to a lot of people and having like a very much a sense that like not enough was happening um, and feeling like this is great and I, I'm glad that I'm able to sing songs and make people feel heard or feel seen um, but didn't feel like enough. Um, and so I started working with an organisation in Leeds uh, called Leeds LGBT Community Consortium, which is an organisation that specifically support older, isolated and vulnerable and disabled LGBT people. Um, and started working with them and realising like how much need there was, um, even in a city like Leeds, which is a very, very cool queer city and there's loads of provision for LGBT people. Um, there's still loads of isolation, uh, particularly in older and disabled communities. Um, and I think because a lot of my music surrounds activism and inclusion and stuff, it kind of felt like a natural progression. Um, so I went from doing that to kind of exploring the other places and kind of uh, work as a freelancer. So when I'm not touring, I do loads of workshops and sessions and community outreach stuff. Um, and then I started working, I started thinking about 
where I grew up, which is central Bedfordshire, um, and actually my experiences of being LGBT in central Bedfordshire was very, very different to my experience as an adult in Leeds. Um, and I started working with LGBT Bedfordshire, kind of thinking about what I could do supporting young people um, who are growing up in kind of rural environments, which can sometimes be a little bit more challenging than in a city environment where there's more provision yeah. um, for LGBT people. Um, but it's a really, it's really rewarding and it's really, I think, really important for me. I'd feel weird as an activist to go on stage and sing about how I wanted uh, the world to be better for queer people, but not actually doing anything on the ground. Um, and I definitely, I feel like the two things inform one another a little bit. Yeah. You have a very creative approach. I saw some of the things you were doing. You were saying with that charity in Leeds with the, doing the Christmas cards for the older um, generation. And it just looked really fun, to be quite honest. And uh, sort, of, sort of designing the cards and putting them together. And I just thought, actually, you, when, you, when you look at these workshops, you seem to have a really... Or just your whole outtake on life is just really fun and interesting. And, yeah, it just comes across as really just positive, I think. It's just, yeah, it's nice. Yeah, and I, th I think it is... Oh, well, thank you, firstly. <laughs> but I think it is really fun. And I think one of the things I've realised is that so much outreach is beneficial to communities on both sides. So, like, we did this... We do this Letters of Community workshop, which we did at Christmas, for Christmas cards for people um, in care homes and, and stuff. So they've got connection to community over Christmas, which can be quite challenging for LGBT folk. Um, but we do it all year round. So we have like, I work with an organisation in Wakefield where they have a box of cards. So when people access the space, they can just get a letter from another person in the community. And it's just like, but what I found with doing these kind of workshops is so often it's really positive for the people that make the cards as well. It's really positive for people to get to know that they're doing something good for their community. And then the community benefits from it as well. And I feel like there's so much in that and there's so much positive in that that... Um, it's really exciting and it's, I think it's really exciting to see to see change and to see like to get to witness the positive impact of the stuff you're doing um, and I try and like talk about her a lot because I think people um, have this idea about like activism and community outreach stuff that it's really sad and there is definitely sad aspects of it but actually so much of it is just about joy and it's about bringing people together and making people feel like they can actually do something because I think when we feel like we don't have agency to make change then we don't because yeah you know it feels impossible um but there is that ability and that's it we've been looking at the LGBTQ plus history month mission which is just a wonderful three three targeted very beautifully written calm our past, celebrate our present, and create our future. And I think that just wonderfully sums up that whole thing and the workshops and the music you're doing, because that starts on the 1st of February, which is the start of your tour as well. So it, it sort of really co coincides wonderfully when with the album launch. Yeah, yeah, and that was kind of something we planned. I think um, the the first song on the album is still called Marsha P. Johnson, and Marsha was an activist um, in the Stonewall riots, but also did loads of work uh, with people with like LGBT homelessness and people living with HIV. When we, we thought about the album, we thought about what it was, I was like, I really wanted it to be connected to LGBT History Month because um, because of her and because of, of the fact that like, you know, she's such a huge part of, of the music that I create and like she's one of my biggest influences. And I go to places all over and people don't know who she is because unfortunately we don't get given LGBT history at school. It's something that we feel like we have to find for ourselves. Um, so it's really, it's really cool to be releasing it on LGBT History Month, and I think to be able to have the album as a celebration of, of like, of activism and and where we are and where we have to go and stuff is is really cool. It feels very sort of in keeping with my goal as 
with what I guess I hope I'm trying to do. When did you find your voice? When did you discover that, wow, I can sing. I can like, not just sing, but I can really sing. (laughs) You can walk onto a stage and the moment you start, you just feel everyone just stops. It's just this moment of, wow. Yeah. That's very kind of you. Um, I don't know. (laughs) It's it's a weird one. I've always sung. I've always been someone who sings. It's always been something that is fun and I enjoy. I guess I, I didn't really consider myself a singer. I considered myself a songwriter for like, and when I went to uni, I was going to study songwriting and I was like, that's what I was into. And then I ended up studying singing because I didn't want to do all the music theory. (laughs) (laughs) And then it was when I was studying, I love, I, I just love like the processes of singing and I really enjoy like, um, things like ornamentation and like working out fun things I can do. And, and it's just, it's just, I don't know. It's almost like a. It almost feels like singing is like like meditating or something. It's just it's just like feels very peaceful. Um, but I've just always enjoyed singing. I guess I don't know. I was really big into Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat as a kid. Um, well, they and that you know it all it all stems from there. I think. Because <laughs> you have such a wide range as well with your voice. Thank you. Do you have to go through any sort of warm up exercises and do anything like that, or does it just come like that? Definitely should do lots of warm up exercises. Um, <laughs> I definitely should. I don't know. Uh, I do. I do a lot of steam inhalation. That is the one thing I am good at doing. Um, okay. But but not really. I used to have a song, which was my first song on my set, which I counted as my warm up. But I'm very chatty, so I always feel like I'm a little bit warmed up from that because I don't really shut up. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I always sing along in the car on the way to a gig. So you know that's part of it. There you go. Exactly. Well, there's your warm up. <laughs> there you go. Know. Yeah. Yeah. Drive to Aberdeen. I've got six hours warm up on this <laughs> Exactly. It's great. You know, it's really, that's important. It's an important part of the process. <laughs> um, talk about going to gigs. I love the fact that on your, um, is it, I think it's your Instagram, you've, you've got in your description a quote from the Hartlepool Folk Festival, which makes me laugh every time I read it. Have you, I mean, is that something that they followed up with that afterwards or are they aware that you use that? <laughs> Yeah, they are Hartley for um are great. Um Joni who uh who is like the 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 heart of Hartlepool Folk Festival yeah. is a very cool activist and human and I I can't remember how it came about, but I think I actually asked her, I was like, I'd really like you to, to write me a review and she wrote that as a joke. And then I think wrote a nice one, and I was like, "Nah, that's got to be the one I've got." It's got to be. It's brilliant. It's just something about it. For the okay. people who need to hear that. Yes. <laughs> What's it say, Jen? It says, "Not suitable for folk festivals. Old white men don't fancy her." <laughs> I mean, it's true, isn't it? I mean, like that's what's that's just what's so great about it. Just really enjoy it. In fact, every time I go on my Instagram, because I feel like when I released the the info about the album I was like I really should get rid of that and I just can't it's just stuck now I think I it's really hope that's yeah. my legacy yeah I think it invites you in it makes you want to listen to your music I think <laughs> just like oh okay I think as well like um some of the content some of the music I write is very heavy um and I, I really am aware of that and I like I think um I remember I did my, my first proper interview when I was um maybe I don't know 20 uh, and and the person I spoke to being like, I'm really surprised how like I can't remember what he said, but like I think he was like, how how 
gleeful you are or like how <laughs> I can't remember what he said it's like I wasn't expecting it to be this kind of interview and I think I think um I'm really big on doing like all these like doodles on my art on like on my pictures and like I, I think it's really easy to think that like I, I can see how people could hear some of my music and be like oh this is all going to be really sad and really unhappy but I all of it comes from like such a place of joy and such a place of just like having a really good time. And I think I really like that quote because it's like, I promise I'm not taking myself that seriously. <laughs> it is just for the good time. Well, we were speaking about it earlier on, wasn't we? Is that actually every time we've spoke or we've, we've met, um, how sort of... It, it is joyful. It's you walk away with a huge smile. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's all really, like, really happy and buzz only. It's like last time we spoke on the phone, it's like, it was like, wow, I just feel really elated about this. Let's go do something positive now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, I'm glad to hear that. I do think it's 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 such a thing though, like I feel like um all music I think does come from a place of joy somewhere, even if it's really dark stuff. And I think that's kind of like a a fun thing like about doing the music that I do is that often it is really like sad or it's tricky or or maybe sometimes quite controversial. Um I'm always doing it because I, I just really care and I just really want things to be better and I do think it's yeah it's nice to not take myself too seriously I guess yeah. and, and with that in mind you mentioned about your doodles I was gonna say so yeah. the moment we met you you came out with these little cards and your logo of yourself is just brilliant it just sticks straight away I, I was opening up my book the other day and it fell out again and uh it's again just one of those little logos where it's so memorable yeah. just your face did you brilliant. doodle that no, I'm not going to lie, that was actually my partner, Aoife. In fact, one of the big <laughs> secrets, uh, one of my big secrets is that I'm not actually very good at art and a lot of my doodles are, I doodle them and then Aoife goes over them and make them makes them look nicer because uh, she's got a much better <laughs> brain for that than me. But you know what, I think it's such a funny thing. I feel like um, I used to have so much like awkwardness around the fact that I, I have a shaved head and I'm, I'm just a bit odd um, and... Uh, it's so much fun just like I think as well I find like so I've got these business cards that have this little stupid drawing of, of me and it's like just a circle isn't it with like two circles for my glasses um, and then a smile which is just and your ears and my ears which is just I mean that's what I look like um, <laughs> but I find so much of like the the reason we made it was like I find like all networking and stuff really uncomfortable and I felt like that was such an easy way of being like let's have a conversation and like every time I, I give them out I'm like now you remember who I am like it's just such a fun way of just breaking the tension a little bit because I feel like there's really formal conversations I just don't know how to do them so the, the album cover for Skin the album that's about to come out is just like my my glasses and the top of my head and um, I think it's really fun to reclaim the the bits of yourself that you maybe once felt a bit weird about. Yeah. Um, and that's been really fun. Uh, and I, yeah, I love it. It's really, it's really fun. When we did, when we do so much fun stuff with marketing where like when we did um, the uh, at Expo, there were these, we had to like have these stalls at like a, it was like a market, but you had to sell yourself. And we like drew my glasses on a bunch of tangerines and gave them out um <laughs> it was just great just so much fun and also on flying saucers we drew drew glasses and a smile on those as well in edible ink obviously nice. it wasn't just a sharpie <laughs> yeah you weren't okay, that poisoning you see, anybody that's where i would have gone very wrong <laughs> you would have gone very wrong yeah <laughs> and you get remembered while well, you accidentally poisoned them <laughs> <laughs> but they were smiling when it happened yeah. so it's okay Shall we get a selfie with you on the screen? 
soaking pot on social. I'm excited. This is definitely a first for me. I've never, I've never taken a selfie on social. <laughs> no, neither I. I just thought about it this morning. I was like, how can I put this on social? And I was like, oh, we should do a selfie because I put up the selfie we, the selfie we took at the Cambridge. A few, uh, yeah. Right, I put that on the I'm other day. You. I thought we could recreate that. That's a great idea. Okay, we're gonna. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's so like 2020, isn't uh, oh, it? Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, we always had a thing that um, obviously we're we're a little bit older. So it's before uh-huh. digital, a little, a little bit older. So before <laughs> the digital cameras and everything else. So whenever we went anywhere on holiday, we would yeah. take we would always do the picture. And our favourite photos were where it was terrible. A bit of something, you know, when you you take a photo and you've got the Eiffel Tower yeah, background, but all you've got is that and <laughs> and yeah, uh, and they're always our best holiday photos. So when it became a thing with. With, with like on the phones and stuff we just automatically just keep doing it but at least now you can see how bad we purposely <laughs> just have an eye in the shot so we never actually have anything there's lots of pictures where it's just that or you know I really love that and it's intentional as well yeah like, that's it's, it I, that's brilliant yeah that's brilliant. people go oh that was terrible should we check it again it's like no that was perfect that, that's, that's what I was aiming for that's, that's what we're going for <laughs> I love that so much just imagine we can, we can look at that picture and go yeah, that's a really iconic background or something really and important happening. And we missed it We missed it. We just got this. <laughs> I love that. I think yeah. that's, yeah, that's brilliant. It's way more fun, I think. I think so, yeah. Thanks, Maddie. Bye-bye. Bye. But what is a bird without a song? And what is a woman? Without her tongue And who is the king Without violence or threat And fear that you are next There we go, so that picture of us doing a selfie A digital selfie with a laptop We thought that was quite fun Yeah, something a bit different You can jump onto our socials and see that photo and you can see what we tried to recreate from the Cambridge Folk Festival there as well. (laughs) And if you don't follow us on our socials, what's wrong with you? How can they find us? You can find us by looking for Shire Folk Music on Instagram and Facebook. And the YouTube. And YouTube, obviously, yes. We started to upload some of the filming that we've done um, from the autumn season. So keep your eye on our YouTube channel because that's going to start to get populated very soon. Yeah, um, so one of the things we have been doing is we have been filming quite a lot of these shows. um, And we're sort of selecting a song here and there from each of the artists, editing it up and throwing it out there so you can enjoy forevermore. You can reminisce on that amazing evening that you had watching. And for those who weren't there, you can go, look at the night I missed. I should buy tickets immediately to <laughs> the next Shirefolk event. Never miss another again. Um, so yeah, so, and you can sign up to our mailing list if you haven't done that already, and then you really won't miss any of our announcements. Yes, that's very true. Um, massive thank you to all of our sponsors. Uh, this project is uh, part funded by the Arts Council England, and we are eternally grateful for their support because this has really made this project sort of come alive. It really has made yeah. such a difference. And a very exciting 24 moving forward. The spring season is up and selling fast. 
the summer season is announced yeah. and it's it's all there on the website. There's loads of ways you can support the, uh, this project. How can you support it? Well, first of all, you can come to a show. Buy a ticket and come to a show. Enjoy it. It's a fantastic night out and for value for money, it's yeah. pretty good. But if you're in Australia, you <laughs> just <laughs> <laughs> not buy a ticket. You just can't come, I suppose. But you can, you know, just enjoy the music, support the artist, follow us on our socials and just tell people about it, talk about it. That's all we really ask, really. It's about supporting the artists um and making sure they get the recognition they deserve very much so um you can also support the project by um purchasing one of our beautiful canvas tote bags Ooh, what's on the what's on the tote bag Jenna? on the tote bag is our logo so many people have commented on how much yeah. they love our logo which is really nice because we worked very hard on it um, and you can now own your very own Shower Fate logo on a, a sustainably sourced canvas tote bag. Which is pretty awesome. You can get those for our website. If you click uh, on the ticket shop forward slash merchandise, we have one thing on merchandise, <laughs> which is the tote bag. Just say that. So you can buy those. And we're just really looking forward to seeing as many of you as possible at the, at the upcoming shows. And for the one person who has made it this far, congratulations. You are the super fan who's listened we all are. the way to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> What's the winner get? You get a thank you. I get a big thank you. That's that's as big as the prize we can offer right now. Right. Um, <laughs> next time we are chatting with Heather Ferrier. Um, have a great month and we'll catch you next time. Brilliant. Thank you.